Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, we take a look back at the night that was in Las Vegas, how Chet Holmgren and Josh Giddy are becoming some of the best young duos in the NBA. And speaking of Summer League, our very own Richard Refferson, he was in action last night. So we dive into his past week at ref school and his unforgettable debut last night. And we can't forget about what everyone is waiting for. No, sorry, it's not Richard. It's the latest reporting on Kevin Durant. NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. I'm Malika Andrews here with Warriors reporter, who I just learned is Perk's favorite Andrews. I'm not so sure how I feel about that. It's Kendra Andrews. We also have <laughs> senior writer Zach Lowe, resident big man Kendrick Perkins. And guys, last week, I mean, Josh Giddy, he stopped by the show. He said he secretly wanted to play with Chet Holmgren. The duo was on full display last night. Hey, Director Kathy, can you roll the highlight, please, ma'am? Because these two gentlemen, I am so impressed. And Richard, I couldn't have said it better than Richard, but four games in, we're still seeing Josh Giddy out on the floor. They are looking to build chemistry here. You can take a look. A little pick and roll action. Finds Chet Holmgren finishes strong for the dunk. Let's see that one more time. Oof. And then the next possession here, Giddy. Chet doing it all by himself. A little shake and bake action there. And then we're going to go ahead to later in the first. Just more of this two-man game. Chet, he finds Giddy. Giddy says, it's not just Chet that can get up. I can do it too. And then in the second quarter here, Chet finds Giddy again. Coming off the glass. Whew. Oh, my goodness. Look at that block. And then one more time, Josh Giddy. The vision finds Chet. Finishes for the dunk. Chet, one more time, elevates. He looks like he even surprised himself a little bit with that one. Got a little off balance there. And then on the other end of the floor, I mean, Perk, he is everywhere. He brings it up the floor after blocking. He's a complete player, Malika. 6'8", got great court vision. One of the best passes in the game today, and he plays with that tenacity that I love. 6'8", I think he's like 7'2". You can take a look at him with Richard Jefferson, Richard Refferson after the game. Let's take a listen to what they had to say to our friend Katie George afterward. What's it like playing with a facilitator as in Josh? Oh, it's great. You know, it makes my life easier. I've said it before, I'm gonna keep saying it. Uh, you know, it opens up the floor for myself and everybody else and really opens up the game. Yeah, he does it on both ends of the floor. I mean, uh, he's offensive ability to stretch the floor, play inside out. Um, defensively, protects the ring as good, as good as anyone in the league. So um, it's special to play with someone, you know, of his caliber. So the Thunder's last two top ten picks, Holmgren and Giddy, they've shown why the future could be bright in Oklahoma City. Chet, he's averaged 15.5 points, 9.3 rebounds to go with a summer league high 3.5 blocks per game. And Giddy, meanwhile, he's filled the stat sheet by going for 13, 6, and 9. So, Zach, what has this Chet-Giddy combination shown you at summer league here? 
The future looks pretty damn good in Oklahoma City. Look, mm. it was clear right away Josh Giddy was going to be mm. a really good NBA player. Great passing vision, height. The only question is the jump shot. Everything else is there. What Holmgren has done in Summer League, look, it's just Summer League. Throw all those caveats aside. We all know the competition isn't the same. But the way his handle looks, he's sitting pull-up threes. The defense is as advertised. That's what people expected right off the bat. The other stuff, the playmaking, how comfortable he looks on offense, yeah. is super, super exciting. There are going to be growing pains, but the early signs could not be any better. Perk? Mm. You know what? These two are giving me Darius Garland and Evan Mobley vibes. Mm. The way that they have their chemistry. When you talk about a big man and a guard slash forward that's able to do what Josh Giddy brings to the table. Look, Sam Preston, when it comes to evaluating talent, young talent, he's one of the best in the business. And let me dive into Josh Giddy for a second. Josh Giddy, it's going to come to a point well, I feel like Sam Presti and the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to have to make a decision about who is going to run the team when it comes down to Giddy and SGA. And I say that because Josh Giddy is one of the most young slept-on stars that are in, on the rise, young stars on the rise. He has the complete package, standing at six foot eight. Could see over the floor, ultimate vision for his passing the ball on time, on target. He rebounds at an extremely high level. He finishes well around the basket at times, snatching the screws out the rim. Like Zach said, the only thing that he has to do is get his jump shot down and be more consistent in his shot making. But you can see that coming. And I see the future is really, really bright. And again, it's that Darius Garland, Evan Mobley vibes that I'm getting out of Shake Home Grid and Josh Giddy. Kendra, you were out in Las Vegas for several days. You went to Gonzaga. That's obviously Chet Holmgren's alma mater. What are folks around the league saying about Chet? Right, well, there was a lot of, Mark Few was getting a lot of flack almost for, he. why wasn't your system at Gonzaga built around Chet? We're not going to get into the weeds of GU's program and, and changing it instead of being centered around your Timmy, but the feeling is Chet Holmgren was built for the NBA Mm -hmm. more so than college basketball. The speed of the NBA game is more built for Mm -hmm. what he's like, so people are extremely impressed with him. They were impressed in college, but of course there were those people saying, how is it going to translate? Because he is a little bit, well not a little bit, a lot skinnier, really long, how is it going to work? And they're really impressed with what they're seeing so far. The term unicorn, right? It's thrown around a whole bunch, but he may actually fit that mold, and I, I don't think it's that bold of a take to say that we could see him have a triple-double with blocks as one of those stats at mm-hmm. some point. I mean, it might be this year, Ooh. but in his NBA career. Right, Zach? Yes. Like, is that is that a bold take? No, that's the right Why take. Why not? Right? Why not? I mean, the way that he's flying around, I know it's at Summer League, but you add SGA. I'm not saying they're going to catapult to the top of the West, but things are looking a little bit interesting in Oklahoma City. On the other side of the ball, though, the Magic, Mm -hmm. they shut down Paolo Bencaro for the remainder of the NBA Summer League. He was averaging 20 points, six assists, five rebounds, two games in Las Vegas. Perk, what's your biggest takeaway from the big man Summer League performance? You know what? His his growth, right? I saw leadership. I saw him being a leader out there on the floor. We already knew that he was so skilled. I, I said he's a combination of Michael Beasley and Ben Simmons, but we see why the Magic picked him number one. 
Mm. When I thought it should have been Jabari Smith, boy, was I wrong, and that's why I'm not a general manager. But his <laughs> ability to be able to create his own shot, get his shot off, be efficient, his mentality is I'm that guy, being versatile and being able to defend. And look, he just has those leadership qualities about himself that when you step on the floor, he gives everyone around him that certain type of swag or certain type of drip should I say, when guys are playing with him. And the Magic did the right thing by shutting him down. Well, it's interesting because when I had a chance to sit down with him and we played this on the show yesterday, Zach, mm. he said that he's still playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder from the mock drafts, mm. not having him as the number one pick. What stood <laughs> out to you? I mean, the real drafts are more important than the mock drafts. So the chip on the shoulder is always a good thing. But I'm just saying, the real draft is what matters. What stood out to me is, look, by the way, Jabari Smith showed out last night, too. All three of these guys, it's really, really exciting. And that's before you get to Jaden Ivey and Keegan Murray and on and on. But Paolo Banquero has Mm. thrown some passes in Summer League. I know it's not the sexiest part of his game, but some inside-out passes from the post that show me he sees the floor pretty darn well for someone playing his first summer league. He's thinking one step ahead of some of these offense, uh, some of these defenses, catching them in the middle of their rotations or earlier in their rotations, catching them off balance. He's a really exciting all-around offensive player. And why I love the magic going with him at number one was they've drafted so often for defense and length. And they've felt the pain on offense. They just don't have an organizing principle. Someone who can be a number one option, a go-to bucket getter. And they went for one in this draft. And I think that's very exciting how it fits with the rest of their pieces. Yeah, it's been interesting to watch. And and seeing the, I mean, five, six, seven Magic players out there watching him. It's interesting to me that more of them maybe aren't on the Summer League team. I know we've harped on it a lot, but the appreciation that I have for what Josh Giddy is doing, building that chemistry, that camaraderie with Chet Holmgren, even if SGA isn't out there, it seems to me the Magic could have a, a little bit more of that infused into their Summer League roster. I don't think we need to be so precious with second-year, third-year players when they haven't been playing a whole lot in the regular season coming back, but... Paolo is certainly a bright spot for that team. And the top two picks in June's draft, they have not disappointed in Summer League. I mean, Ben Caro, he's gone for 20 points, five boards, six assists per game. I said that. I mean, twice as many assists as he averaged in college, which is pretty impressive. And then, you know, Holmgren, he showed off his rim protection with those Summer League high 3.5 blocks per game to go with 15.5 rebounds, points and nine rebounds per game. I mean, it's all really impressive. But the chatter at Summer League, shifting from the action to the story, it's still Kevin Durant. And as of right now, Kevin Durant, he's still a member of the Brooklyn Nets, so we have to bring in the most plugged-in man in the business. It's senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski for our daily update here. So, Woj, just what is the latest on KD here? Malika, I think the Miami Heat have been certainly one of the most determined teams to try to acquire Kevin Durant since Hmm. he asked uh, for that trade and you know they've talked to Brooklyn uh, here in uh, Las Vegas and ultimately for Miami and Brooklyn specifically to do a deal they're going to need a third team perhaps even a fourth team there's really not a one-on-one deal they can do uh, Bam Adebayo uh, Ben Simmons can't be on the roster together based on their contracts and so they're going to need to be creative around the league 
to try to find a pathway to a deal. But teams like Miami, mm. the question they have to ask themselves, are asking themselves is, you know, how much do we give up that if we bring in Kevin Durant, are we a championship contender? How much of your infrastructure can you gut? Brooklyn's asking price is steep. Brooklyn continues to talk to a number of teams here in Vegas. Uh, no closer to a trade for Kevin Durant. Uh, but I think especially teams like Miami, Phoenix, who need help. They don't really have a one-on-one -on -one pathway to do a deal with Brooklyn. That makes it more complicated. You know, the Toronto Raptors, uh, Scotty Barnes continues uh, to be a non-starter for the mm. Raptors in any Kevin Durant discussion. And so there's certainly been uh, no progress there with Toronto. I think for right now, you know, this is a process uh, that's going to continue and may continue beyond Summer League. It's a process, but we know, as you reported, Miami and Phoenix, two of the teams that Kevin Durant initially expressed interest in going to. And then the other domino is Kyrie Irving. What can you tell us about where the plan stands with him, Woj? Yeah, the plan is to handle Kevin Durant first and try to figure out whether it's a trade for Kevin Durant, whether it's Kevin Durant possibly returning to Brooklyn if they don't find a trade. Uh, but I think Brooklyn's, uh, they had some, they had a conversation with the Lakers. They touched base last week, uh, but there's really been uh, no expansion on that conversation. I think both sides know where each stands on it. And I think right now Brooklyn's focus is trying to handle the Kevin Durant talks first uh, and, and see what it looks like if Durant is traded or if Durant comes back and you look at potentially uh, having both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving under contract with the Nets to, to perhaps at least start training camp. But this is a Nets team that's been, uh, you know, they've been working with Rich Kleiman, uh, Kevin Durant's business manager, you know, about possible scenarios, teams that interest Durant. But again, but again with four years left on his contract, Brooklyn can trade Kevin Durant anywhere they'd like. Well, today, in this moment, perhaps Kevin Durant could at some point be that first domino to fall, and then we will see what happens with Kyrie Irving. Woj, thank you so much for your time and for your reporting. We still have so much more to come, though, on NBA Today. Woj, he's coming back, don't you worry, with the latest on the NBA's decision to make the play-in tournament potentially permanent going forward. Plus, nine years ago today, I'm so sorry, our front office insider Bobby Marks, he made a trade that would go down in his you do not want to miss what he has to say. And full highlights and analysis on Richard Jefferson's debut as a summer league rep. We critique every call or no call from last night. We are just getting started. Keep it locked here on NBA Today. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom. Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. I'm here with senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. And Woj, the NBA Board of Governors meeting, it's tonight. And yesterday you reported that they're expected to approve the play-in tournament as a regular part of the future league. Um, Why is the play-in going to be here to stay? Malik, listen, I think ultimately a couple things. The league believes it can be a moneymaker for them long-term and that it's it's helped, I think, uh, I think it's deterred on some level tanking among teams. It's kept more teams and more markets involved in the postseason chase. Obviously, teams 7 through 10 in each conference compete for the 7th and 8th spots. Uh, and I think what the league also found in the first couple of years, uh, teams that are marquee-level teams like the Lakers or Golden State Warriors, who in a season uh, are not among the top eight, it gets them the opportunity to get into the postseason. So it's served a variety uh, of, I think what the league feels are are positive uh, roles in the league and that it is going to become a regular part now of the league calendar. The last couple years, it's been voted on, you know, to try it another year. Mm. Um, But now I think with the the play-in tournament, I think getting voted in today is part of the regular calendar. The next conversation is going to continue to be about the in-season tournament. Now, 2022-2023 season, too soon for that, but it is potentially possible that 2023-24 season, uh, that's probably perhaps the first uh, season that we could potentially see uh, the in-season tournament. There's still a lot more conversation that's got to go on about it, and uh, that certainly uh, would be a significant change to the NBA calendar. Well, and those discussions we certainly expect to continue tonight. What other rule changes could we expect to see made? Yeah, another rule that's expected to get approved by the Board of Governors today, uh, the take the take foul uh, in transition. Now uh, the, the offensive team would get not just an out-of-bounds play on it, uh, and the foul call, of course, uh, but a free throw. And that's something that the league's competition committee, uh, it's worked its way through there, and there seems to be uh, plenty of support uh, to change the rule on that. Interesting. Woj, thank you so much for your reporting there. Okay. Uh, I do want to bring back our entire panel here, Zach Lowe, Kendra Andrews, and Kendrick Perkins. Zach, I, I, we're going to get to the take foul in a second, but what's your reaction to the play-in tournament being here to stay? Play-in tournament is a home run. It's absolutely worked as advertised. The games have been often very Mm -hmm. exciting. It has has made teams, more teams, stay in competition mode late in the season and cut tanking a little bit, at least in sort of that middle tier. It's also created kind of a very exciting race for the sixth seed to stay out of the play-in tournament, Mm -hmm. for the seventh seed to get home court in the play-in tournament, for the eighth seed to have two chances to win one game and in. It's created all these little sub-races in addition to the big issue of sort of disincentivizing tanking a little bit. I think it's a home run. It's a no-brainer. Applause to the NBA. They got this one right. Kendra? Well, from what who, who I've spoken with, mostly the Warriors, but they're big fans of this. Steve yeah. Kerr always points to the fact that they were in the play-in game just a couple seasons ago, and yes, they lost that game to the Memphis Grizzlies. But the way that Steve Kerr talks about it, he says, 
those were kind of like playoff games. And yeah. they gave our younger players, like Jordan Poole that year, mm-hmm. the experience of then how to handle himself in the playoffs. So the Warriors are big fans. A lot of other coaches are also big fans of this. I, I'm a fan of the play-in tournament. The one, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer perk. The the one thing I kind of go back and forth with, and, and the other thing is it has, you know, remember, LeBron James initially, he was a little bit skeptical of the play-in tournament. It has garnered the support of a lot more players over the course of time as they were able to see it play out. The one thing is the first year they had the play-in tournament, it was a little bit different when it was in the bubble. They were still tweaking. They were still playing with things. But teams that are so far below 500. Should there have to be a certain separation potentially with those bottom teams that are racing toward the play-in tournament versus anyone in the top number of, of seeds? If you're looking at the top 10 seeds and you're in a, versus if there's this huge separation, should it be their perk? Well, I, I, I can see your point. I see yeah. your point. I see what you're saying. But you know, but you know what? I think when you look at the play-in tournament to take it a step further. I see accountability, Mm. right? I see accountability in holding teams and organizations accountable, not just for tanking, but for load management, right? Because now every game matters throughout the season, whether it's late in the season or at the beginning of the season. Because those season, those games could come back and hunt you, which could knock you out of the top six seed in either conference. And here it is, right? It's a shame that you actually got to get to this point because guys get paid so much money to go out there and perform every single night. And guys that paved the way for them, like Charles Barkley, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, who wasn't getting paid near as much money as these guys are today, were playing 82 games. Mm-hmm. So I'm all in for the play-in tournament. I call it the playoffs before the playoffs. And so when I look at it, listen, it's going to stop guys from doing load management. And it also is being honorable to yeah. the hard-earned, the, to the fans who pay their hard-earned money mm. to come and see some certain superstars and not knowing if they're going to be rested. Now you can't rest superstars because those games matter. Yeah, well, it makes me think back to that Kobe Bryant story where he would say to Vanessa, no, I need to go and play because you never know what fan paid for the top, top Mm -hmm. tickets and they paid to play, to see me play. And to be very clear, net positive. I'm a big fan of the play-in tournament. I love watching it. I think it's exciting. I love being on the sidelines for it. It's just if the 9 and 10 seed are separated by eight games, nine games, ten games, then to me sometimes I'm like, I can see where the frustration comes from in that nine seed if they're going to say, okay, I'm going to – but I digress. Mid-season tournament. Burke, what are your thoughts? (laughs) Mid-season tournament, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't like it at all. You added the play in, sometimes doing too much is a bad thing. I don't like the mid-season tournament. I do not like that idea at all. All right. Well, real quick, Zach, the rise and the fall of the take Why should fans care about the take foul? Because Ooh. it stinks. Because <laughs> it stops fast breaks. Because yes. we don't see dunks. Mm-hmm. Because it's not a basketball Thank play. You. It's not defense. Some of these smart yes. teams and smart players, I think the Jazz were the team that really was at the forefront of it under Quinn Snyder. They found this little loophole. It's not a clear path foul because someone's behind me. It's not an away from the play foul because the guy has the ball. So I can commit this little cheap foul, stop a fast break, no harm, no foul for my team. Get it out of the game, get it out of the league. Jeff Van Gundy deserves most credit for this. He's been the loudest critic. They should name the rule after him. 
Well, mm. Quinn Snyder, like you said, it, the, the Jazz were really the godfathers of this, and then we saw an uptick in it over the last five years. And at the end of the day, you said it. It takes away the most exciting part of the game, and that's the fast break dunk. And I want to see more of Giannis Antetokounmpo catching a body. All right, coming up on NBA Today, <laughs> we're only minutes away, Kendrick Perkins, from admiring our TikTok star as a referee there last go. night. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There he is. There you go. Monty McCutcheon, he's going to grade RJ's debut. Plus, on the nine-year anniversary of the Nets and Celtics trade, we look at some of the most realistic destinations for Kevin Durant. And did you guys see Sylvia Fowles All-Star Game dunk? And it got us thinking, what are some of the best dunks we've ever seen in an All-Star Game? NBA Today rolls on after this. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Brooklyn Nets have annexed the heart and soul of the Boston Celtics. Celtics and Nets completing a deal that would send KG and Paul Pierce to Brooklyn along with Jason Terry in exchange for a package that includes three first-round draft picks and three players. Well, first and foremost, clearly the players coming back completely irrelevant. None of those guys that they got back, Chris Humphreys, Wallace, Bogans, any of those guys play into the Celtics' future plans. It's all about the picks. Brooklyn native Chris Rock saying the Nets just traded three first-round picks to be in fourth place for one year. With the third pick in the 2016 NBA Draft, the Boston Celtics select Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown with the finish! Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum! Jason Tatum! Tim Legler looks exactly the same. Um, welcome back to NBA Today. We are joined now by ESPN NBA front office insider Bobby Marks, NBA reporter Dave McMiniman, Zach Lowe. Bobby, I'm sorry. It's the <laughs> nine-year anniversary of the Nets trading Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. And I feel like I'm the mean one. I'm always one like, oh, yeah, let's have Bobby on on the anniversary just to go like that. Are you okay? Are we good? I wore Celtic green in honor of it. Oh, see, look at that. Water under the bridge, right? There, there it is. Um, well, we can move forward now, though, Bobby, because the Nets, they're staring down yet another rebuild, right, if they do end up trading Kevin Durant. What do you think is the most realistic return that Brooklyn could get for KD that would minimize that rebuild window? Yeah, and I think, Malika, it's a lot different than back in 2015 or 14 after Paul Pierce left and we traded Kevin Garnett for Thaddeus Young. Um, here you have Kevin Durant 
uh, 33 years old, MVP candidate, um, will not leave for nothing here. So when you're looking at Brooklyn, you will get four first-round picks. You will get pick mm. swaps for him. Um, the goal now is to get that established young player. And the yeah. likelihood is that a player like Scotty Barnes is off the table. Now, who is going to be that next player or players? Um, that's the big thing for Brooklyn. And remember, they don't have their own first-round picks, mm. right? That's going to Houston as far as the James Harden trade here. So it's not like you can kind of hit rock bottom, build through the draft like Oklahoma City's been doing. Yeah. You almost have to do somewhat of an accelerated rebuild here. And that's that's the goal for Brooklyn, the picks, the swaps, and then get at least one good young player on a controllable contract. Yeah, well, when we heard our Adrian Wojnarowski when he joined the show earlier say that right now, it looks like the Nets are focused in on Kevin Durant and what he may decide to do, whether they're able to come up with that package to a steep price that they're talking about, or if he could be on the roster, we'll see how that plays out. But that's where their focus lies. Kyrie Irving is a secondary domino. But Dave, how do you think the Lakers are going to proceed if the Nets appear to be holding on to Kyrie Irving? Well, they have to figure this thing out. Malika, they are waiting to see if Brooklyn will, in fact, decide to try to bring both those guys back. And the thing I learned in reporting the last couple of days in Vegas is that it seems to be the summation of the Nets thinking is that Kevin Durant made a decision to ask for this trade at a time where emotions were running high, mm. seeing his former team, the Warriors, win a championship. And perhaps with the passage of time, he'd want to come back to the fold. And they're not going to make a move like trading Kyrie Irving until they hear it from the horse's mouth and they get a clear message from Kevin Durant what his intentions are moving forward mm -hmm. because quite frankly if they were to move Kyrie that could be the thing that triggers KD to say I definitely want out uh, maybe they could convince everyone involved that let's give this another shot and that's why it's unlikely for the Lakers to be able to pry Kyrie away in the interim and at some point, they'll have to start looking at a plan B or a plan C. Well, that's why sometimes it's just like, okay, what do you say to, to children, right? Just take a deep breath, and we're all gonna we're all gonna figure it out. And that could be what we see happen here. Uh, Zach, you've had a couple of days to take some deep breaths. You've been off KD Kyrie duty for a little bit, so let's put you back on it. What do you think of everything we just heard? I think it's all dead on, and and really, in the last couple of days, nothing all that notable has happened. The market is kind of frozen. It mm. is where it is. They're not getting the requisite offers that they think they should get for Kevin Durant. And the Kyrie Irving thing, as Woj reported, comes secondary to that. Right now, it looks like, buckle up, we're in for a long haul. But like Bobby said, whether they get the home run trade for Kevin Durant or not, they're still going to come out with a lot of stuff. What that stuff is, whether it's veterans, young players, a little bit of everything, the Nets will come out of this. Remember, Ben Simmons is still on their team, yeah. presumably. They're going to come out with some kind of direction. It's going to be interesting to watch all of that play out. Uh, and also DeAndre Ayton, right? He, we know that Woj reported that the, the whole market was sort of in a holding pattern for a little bit, waiting for Kevin Durant. But if that domino isn't going to fall, some decisions are going to need to be made on the DeAndre Ayton front. So we'll stay tuned for that. But um, our producers just told me that earlier, Bobby, on this just in, <laughs> you had something that all of us here need to hear. So I'm just going to play that for everybody. And I'm going to stun you with this take here. I actually think Steph Curry is the second best player of all time. Right behind Michael Jordan. Curry has this instinct, what I saw with Jordan, where anytime he has the ball, 
you think it's going to go in. He is a threat offensively. I think we've got three or four more years of Curry in his prime right now. I think we could probably do another 15 minutes on what I just <laughs> no. said. I'm floored. I'm absolutely but floored. I, think I would put Curry ahead of LeBron James right now. I just, just want to make, make sure we're being clear here. Yes. Are you projecting the rest of his career, saying he'll get there? Or are you saying right now? Right now. Ow! <laughs> that is, wow, that is flaming, that is spicy, that is hot. I know that Steph himself said that he feels like he is in the prime of his career right now. Bobby, the floor is yours. Please explain yourself. I think I had an out-of-body experience about an hour ago. I think that's what happened. Uh-huh. Sure. I think, the, I think the Vegas, I think Vegas has eaten me up, Malika, that's here fair. and spit me out. But I, hey, I feel that watching him during these playoffs, certainly during that finals, LeBron is a heck of a great player, great player here. But I think, I rem as I said, you know, I saw Jordan in his prime in the 90s. Curry reminds me a lot of that offensively where he is a threat to beat you in a lot of different ways here. And as I said, I think we've got three or four more years of prime Curry leading up. But right now, I'm going to stick with it, right? Stick with it and saying he is the second best player of all time. Uh, Zach? I just, I, I need a minute. I need a minute. I, I can't I can't just snap into a reaction Bobby. about this. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar needs a minute. Bill Russell Bobby. needs a minute. Everybody LeBron stop. needs a minute. Everybody Magic Johnson needs everybody a minute. Stop. I just need a minute. Everybody a stop. Everybody where did, stop. Where did everybody come stop. From? Bobby, 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 listen. I know they have the saying, what happens Bobby. in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> but you need to let us know what you've been doing lately. I need to know what you've been drinking lately. Listen, it's no, no knock on Steph Curry. I think he's a top ten uh, when it comes down to greatest players of all time. But when we talk about LeBron James and Michael Jordan, we're talking about two different people that's on a whole nother level than everybody else, Bobby. Look, I know I'm part of it of being prisoner of the moment, but we cannot do this right now. I don't know what's going on with you. I don't know what's going on with Ray <laughs> Allen at the moment, but man, maybe it's summertime, maybe it's the heat. The I don't air. know what the hell is going on. And Bobby, you know what? You've been so great lately that I'm actually going to give you a pass right now and let's revisit <laughs> this next week sometime, and then you can come back and give a public apology to LeBron James. Because ain't no way Everyone, I'm going to let you perk, sit up here perk, and get away perk, with perk, I'm going to be on vacation. I'm going to be on vacation next week. Okay, stop bragging, Bobby. <laughs> no, they got, you they got cameras LeBron wherever you're going. Day in and day out. What do you make of all of this? <laughs> I mean, I, I, Bobby, I don't know what to say here. I've gotten uh, in trouble with the internet before for putting anything out there, not calling Steph Curry the second best player of all time. So I think I'm just going to leave this one there and, and, and allow the rest of you all. I'm going right. to drop it, here's, not chop it. it. Okay, I appreciate you dropping it. Not, here, here's the, the line I'm going to throw out to you, Bobby, because you guys know that I do not like the greatest of all time because it's so subjective. I like facts. I like someone. No one comes into a greatest of all time debate thinking I think LeBron I think Steph I think whoever and they change their mind after talking to the other person walking away I will say this if you were to tell me I think there's a reticence to include Steph Curry in one of the most influential players in the game conversation ever and he certainly is that he has made such an imprint on the game so I'm just going to 
throw that to you and say that that's probably where your head was at, along with the Vegas heat. I just checked. It's like 112 there. So <laughs> maybe a doctor, some water, some fluids, an IV. Mm. We got you. Perk, I know you have a concoction that you can work on for him. Um, and then there's this, guys. We can all agree. Did you guys see Richard Jefferson last night? Did you know he had 41 career technical I fouls? Find out whether he called 41? one last night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna call it on somebody. I never got that call one time in my career. I can see why this is addicting. You're right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. NBA Summer League action, it continues tonight with a trio of very good games. The Grizzlies, they take on the Nets at 6.30 Eastern on E2. The Warriors, they face the Celtics at 9 Eastern. We have a special edition of NBA Today before that. And then we have the Lakers battle against the Clippers 11 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. So we have some very intriguing, right, Summer League matchups tonight. But I want to talk about last night because I, I want to make jokes right now. I really do. But I'm actually very proud of our very own Richard Jefferson. He officiated the second quarter of the Knicks and Blazers game. He worked really hard for this. He got some jokes off, too. Check out Richard. Just being Richard. I know some of you guys have been wondering, Richard, the season's over. You didn't get to kick your feet up and relax. You're done cracking jokes. And now, wait a minute, oh. we've got a, an altercation underneath the basket. We're going to have a double technical. It's going to be on Richard Jefferson and Frank Williams. You're done having fun. And we got a foul between Jefferson and Maker. Curtis Blair letting him bend a little bit, and now he's been tossed. LeBron James is coming over now to talk to, to RJ. How can you challenge a play that's not called on the floor? You asking the wrong player, bro. Nope. See you in Summer League. Hey, what's going on? I'm Richard Jefferson, and we are at NBA Summer League. We are at referee training. More to come. The next one, he's going down. Okay? Be ready for those things. Rich was the absolute best at the play I'm about to describe for you. You're going to laugh at this, because we haven't argued again. Two, four, hits. Two, 
There's a rhythm to it. I'm looking forward to it. This has been one of the most eye-opening things I've ever been a part of. Like on the basketball side, because they don't ever teach us. It's still like, hey guys, it's the point of emphasis for the day, but you don't realize how they get to the point of emphasis, how things are called. So I just want to tell you guys, I appreciate you guys and what you guys do. And I look forward to it, all right? All right, all right, sounds good. We're on our way. You ready? Are you ready? Absolutely not. Coming up next, folks. Richard has turned over a new leaf. He's gone to the other side. Richard Jefferson officiating the second quarter. This is it. I, you know, when I first came into the league, it was, you know, obviously you start in summer league. My uniform looked a little bit different. It was a little bigger, so I gained some weight to make sure it fit right. All right, where am I starting? Uh, would you like to take out the ball? You want to take the ball out or you want to be on baseline? Uh, yes, I'll go baseline. Ah, yeah, I'll go baseline. Let me take, take the, the ball out of it. You, you take want to take the ball out of it? I'm going to try. I'm going to call it on somebody. Ross drives into the paint, throws one up. And the Knicks fans are loving it. No, white ball. White ball. He needs to put the hand up for the three-pointer. He forgot to do that one when Randall hit that three. What we look for is, is can people make improvements? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I absolutely. bet. Look at that. I get a little love from the official. <laughs> That's never happened before. I could do it all. Yeah, we'll be talking about Richard's fine later on. <laughs> <laughs> you having fun yet? Uh, no. Hell no. Hell not when everybody's screaming, screaming at me. Keon hitting a three and Richard doing his actual job, putting his hand up. I know I forgot. That. I did it the second time. I did it this. I did it the second time. Nobody realized he blew the, the whistle. whistle. <laughs> First of all, I raised my hand on the three on like, and then like there was so much air in my mouth that like like breathe and almost boom. Oh, this is fun. <laughs> You're helping so much. Going up. It was a gather. Here's Grimes again. And the foul. It's a foul. Number six. Foul. Count the basket. I never got that call one time in my career. I gotta say though, this has not been a train wreck performance. No, he's done okay. Richard Jefferson. He's done okay. Over the back. I can see why this is addicting. I was proud. Had a whistle, had a loose ball foul. Yeah. You know, and, and, and we really wanted him to participate. He did a good job of that. I will come back to Summer League next year and go to, and go to class. We would love that. All right. That. Great job, brother. I appreciate you I guys, mean, we man. give you grief, but we kid because we care. Oh, we love you guys. We love I'm you. Welcome back to NBA Today. Let's see if I got this right. It's two, four, four. Two. There's yeah. a pace to it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No. Sorry. I, I make all sorts of faces. <laughs> Welcome back to NBA Today. Big Perk and I. We're now joined by veteran official Monty McCutcheon, the man of the hour, rookie official Richard Jefferson, and just quick shout out to Jaron. He woke up at 3 a.m. to cut that video, and he attended ref school with Richard over and over and over again. But Rich, how would you just describe your experience as a ref last night? Ah, uh, humbling. You know, for, for a bunch of ways. One, because the job is so ridiculously hard, and I don't think people fully understand. It's easy to be there, but doing it in real time with some of the biggest, fastest athletes yeah. that are all trying to trick you. Uh, yeah, and then also, you know, the fact that I was, you know, I'm, I'm humbled that I was given the opportunity. 
right? Like, because as much fun as it is, like you still have to take it seriously. You still have to do it. So for them to trust in me to do this, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was humbling. But yeah, I, I was stressed for days, for days prior yeah. to this. And I was so glad when it was over. I was so glad when it was over. <laughs> is, is that humbleness going to stay with you? Because I feel like this is the most tranquil I've ever seen you. Is that the version we're going to get back? Cause... <laughs> no, 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 no. No, Damn once I get comfortable, once I get comfortable, then I then I stop being humble. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Monty, how'd he do? How'd our guy do last night in his debut performance? I think he was, did excellent. I was really proud of Richard. Me too. Um, NBA referees, you know, combine both a physical stress to their work with a mental stress. And I think we saw that Richard, you know, felt that last night, working physically, running up and down the floor and having to work with your mind up against the stresses that are placed on you by players and coaches. I think you saw some of how the churning of his mind took place, mm. but up against doing your first opportunity at the LA at Las Vegas Summer Pro League, most people don't take that courageous attempt. And Richard did really well with it. We're all mm. proud of him. Perk, what grade are we giving Richard for this? <clears throat> you know what? <clears throat> it's not a grade high enough for me to give Richard. I was going to give him an A+, because I'm so proud of him. It's not a grade that I could really give him. That's how proud I am. Monty, good to see you. You know, me and, <clears throat> me and Monty are great friends right now. We weren't friends <laughs> while I was playing, right <laughs> but we best of friends now. But look. But, 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 Richard, RJ, for real, man, I'm so proud of you because it took courage, right? And then a lot of people, man, wouldn't, especially former players, right, wouldn't have went out there and did that. And the fact that you did it, right, to go, go out there and gain knowledge and go through the trenches of it to help your career that you're doing right now, your play-by-play calling to get another, like, view of things, hey, man, that was a beautiful thing to see. And I just want to let you know I'm proud of you. I wanted, I wanted to come on here and joke and kill you as usual, but I didn't I because that. I, I'm I really – no, 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 but genuinely, bro, I, I'm really, really proud of you for last night, dog. And what well, you look, I, look, I, you I, I appreciate all of the nice words of everybody, but I also want to give a shout out to my guy Monty. <laughs> Monty, I've had my my, my mm-hmm. guy Monty. He he refereed Game Seven. Like he he's been in some of the biggest games of yep. my entire yeah. career. Legend. And and this is the thing. Monty knows this, and it's always been a real thing. Like, after a while, if you treat the officials with respect, the mm. game becomes that much more fun. Mm. The game becomes that much more fun for, for the officials, for the players, for the coaches. If you treat each other with respect, then it's like it's something that can be eliminated a- out of that game, yeah. right? Any any sort of awkward tension. I, so to have Monty teaching us and teaching the next generation, man, yeah. it's, it's awesome. Monty, how many refs, I heard you say this last night, and it, it really surprised me, how many refs make it from summer league to the NBA? Well, from the summer league, Mm. we have our entire G League staff here, uh, you know, 70 plus officials, Um, about one in five end up making the NBA. Of course, we have some that make the WNBA as well. Um, One in five. Training is something that if you give out, we're happy to see our officials find success wherever they may find it. They concurrently work in the NCAAs. We're proud of their success when that happens there. Um, But it takes quite a bit of effort. It takes quite a bit of talent to make it through into our highest leagues, the WNBA and NBA. And for those that do, we're obviously very proud of their abilities to serve the game. Monty, Richard, thank you so much. One in five, sorry, you can't have our guy. We're going to take you back and we're going to take a little break. NBA Today will be right back. Mother's Day is around the corner. 
Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to NBA Today. And now it's time for today's WNBA Corner brought to you by Google. And here's today's search trend. It's provided by Google. Sylvia Fowles Dunk. It was a breakout search in the United States on All-Star Sunday. And we will show you why. It was her final WNBA game. Final WNBA All-Star game, rather. And look at this. I mean, it's her first dunk in a while, Kendra. At least a decade. Ten years. Can you imagine? Ten years. Getting up that high. In her last All-Star game, she gets... She gets this to go out on top. And I, I know Candace Parker said, you, you can't go out. You're not ready to go out like this. I mean, when she's playing like that, I mean, my goodness. You have, I mean, that's the best part of All-Star Games. The one that sticks out to me in the NBA, Giannis, Steph, that, I, like, the, the hits same the deck. Thing, that's because Giannis had got him, like, three times that game, and Steph on the fourth time said, Mercy. No. Just please, he said, just take just, it. Just, take just it, go. It. I'm not even going to get in the way of all this. So, I mean, it's... Uh, but perhaps we're going to see more dunks in WNBA games because we have more WNBA on our air that is coming up. We can see our next WNBA game. It's Asia Wilson and the Aces. They're on playing the Connecticut Sun to take on John Quill Jones. That's next Sunday at 1 Eastern on ABC and the ESPN app. We also have a whole lot of summer league action that is going on this evening. Kendra, want to do a little more NBA today? I think, I, think right. I could stick around. We will be right back after this.